You were created for more, and this show is meant to inspire and equip you with the tools you need to help you live on purpose. This is the podcast that keeps it real and highlights amazing business owners and impact makers so that you get your fire ignited and take your greatness out into the world. If you've got big dreams and know you were created for more, this is the place to be, and I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the Created For More podcast. Happy Friday, friend. So glad you're here. I have been a busy, busy mama, entrepreneur, and woman. Um, I don't even know how I'm doing some things sometimes. I am committed to you know, my business, my clients, my family, of course. God, I've been involved at church more. I'm an advisory board member for Curanza, the nonprofit that I'm always talking about. I'm like doing so much and I feel so grateful. You know, having rheumatoid arthritis for the last 10 plus years, while I never stopped living my life because that was not an option, I did definitely have to modify things and slow down a bit because energetically and physically, I wasn't able to keep up. So now that I've had my knee replacements done and I just feel so much better, I'm like, all right, God, I'm not going to waste those two surgeries and like the craziness that my body went through. I'm not going to waste where I'm at now. So I'm like saying yes to so much and somehow it's all working out and I'm still sleeping. Like last night I went to bed at like 8 PM and, you know, had a great night's sleep. So if you don't know, I love sleeping about eight to 10 hours if possible. And I sure got it last night. So just really grateful today. And um, I just hope that, you know, wherever you're at in life at the moment, making sure that you're living on purpose is key and all that matters. So check in with yourself, see how you're feeling, and let me know if you need any support or love. Today, I get to talk to my best friend on the show. (laughs) Um, We were joking. She had applied for the podcast, and it's not my real life best friend, but she applied for the podcast. Her name is Melanie, and she, I just see reading her entry, like what she was going to talk about, a little bit about herself. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is like my new best friend, my new online East Coast best friend. So it was funny that I said that. And then she had reached out to me on Instagram shortly after, and she sent me a message and said something along the lines of that I sounded like somebody she'd be friends with. So I was like, oh, this is like a perfect match, right? (laughs) So um, it was fun to meet her officially today. We've been going back and forth on Instagram and I just adore her. She has some great information to share on helping you create your best offer. She is a course expert and guiding us. And I love her story of just kind of how she got started and And just went for it because, again, you know, she wanted to live her life on purpose. She wanted to be home with her babies and she searched for an answer that would support that, a solution that would support that. And that's what I love talking about here on this podcast. So let's introduce her and get on with our chat. Melanie is a wife, girl mom, former teacher, certified online business manager, and soon to be certified course and launch strategist. 
After leaving the classroom in June of 2022, Melanie became passionate about taking her love for learning and educating others by helping course and membership creators launch their programs. Melanie also specializes in hiring freelancers for busy CEOs and streamlining systems in their business processes. She lives in Northern Virginia with her husband, two girls, their dog, and a cat. Melanie is amazing, and I cannot wait for you to hear from her. So let's get started. Melanie, it's so great to have you here. Yeah, it's so awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, and it's also my, or an honor. <laughs> I don't know if I said <laughs> my honor, but an honor. Um, so fun that, you know, like when you sent me your application, I was like, oh my gosh, this girl could be my East Coast bestie. Like, I just, I felt the bubbliness of your personality come through and we're both girl moms and, you know, all of that. And then I think our first Instagram chat was you saying the same thing. Like, I forgot what you said, but you said something about like, I could be revenge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I felt that. I felt that deep in my soul. <laughs> I'm so glad. And now we get to talk today. Yeah. So since we are getting to become these besties that we are, um, tell me about how you got started before we dive into the good stuff. Well, this is the good stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, so I am originally a high school teacher. I taught for 12 years um, before having, well, I taught for 10 years before having my first daughter. And then when I became pregnant with my second daughter, I was like, mm, I think I want something a little bit more flexible because, you know, teacher life, you're sick, you got to make sub plans, your kids are sick, it's a bigger risk. Um, so I was looking just for a little bit more flexibility mm -hmm. and I loved uh, my favorite part of teaching was always besides the students, but was always like planning a curriculum, planning lessons. I'm the kind of go-to in my friend group. Like if somebody's having a baby shower or a bridal shower, like, oh, well, Melanie will, you know, plan it and do all the things that are, you know, <laughs> needed to go, to go into it. So that kind of led me to um, becoming involved in course launches because there's such a big undertaking, right? If you've ever like launched a course or a group program, there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, so I dabbled in some other things. I dabbled in social media management. That wasn't for me. I mean, I'm active on Instagram just because, you know, you kind of have to be a little bit if you're have your own business. Um, Different than yourself though, versus other yes. people. Yes, it's different doing it for yourself. I, I don't mind it doing for my doing it for myself as much as I minded doing it for other people. So I tried a couple different things um, and then eventually got my certification as an online business manager and kind of settled into that role um, with some retainer clients and then also specializing in course and launch management on the side. Awesome. Well, I'm loving it. How did you find like course launching as a thing when you know you were in the classroom yeah well yeah and I did teach part-time and have my business part-time as well this is actually only my first full year out of the classroom um I was teaching every other day which had its own challenges you know trying to I'm kind of a cautious person so mm -hmm. making sure that I like had the financial stability to step away from the classroom before like actually doing it so mm -hmm. sometimes it takes me a long time to do things <laughs> and I wanted to be like 
pretty sure that this was the right, you know, the right move for me walking away from, you know, teaching is yeah. a pretty stable career. So, so like, how did you find the online world? Cause that's what I'm always curious about. Like I fell into it in a sense. Yeah. I always am curious. So many people don't know about it. We're like this mysterious thing online. <laughs> for sure. So it's kind of a, a weird story. I mean, it's not like that weird, but, um, I was pregnant with my second daughter and, um, I had joined a, like an online pregnancy workout. Cause it was during COVID. I was pregnant in 2020. I was like, well, I'm not going to the gym pregnant <laughs> at a time. Like, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, I had joined like an online pregnancy program that I found through Instagram. Um, and of course I was on her email list and, you know, I didn't know anything about like email marketing at the time, but she sent an email and the subject line was something like how I left my full-time English job to work online. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And she was hosting a free workshop, AKA, you know, like a webinar, (laughs) um, with herself and her virtual assistant at the time. And she was pitching like how to become an influencer, which like wasn't for me. And her virtual assistant was pitching her virtual assistant course. And I had never heard the term virtual assistant, um, but I was like, this sounds like really interesting. I, you know, went to the webinar, thought about it for the weekend. And I was like, you know what? like. I'll give it a try. If nothing else, I can pay off my student loans for my master's degree a little bit faster. Um, You know, and if it really works out, maybe I really can be working 20 hours a week, (laughs) you know, which I'm not, I'm not, by the way. (laughs) Who is Melanie? Right. I don't know. I'm looking to find that person still. But anyway, that's how um, I, you know, found the online world. Um, And then, yeah, I took her course and it, was a great one. And then kind of uh, landed my first handful of clients and like the spattering of things that I described earlier, and then sort of found what I liked, found my footing. Okay. Yeah. So, so good. And now like this last year, you've just been doing your business. Yes. Yes. So I left the classroom in um, June of 2022. Um, And I, yeah, like I said, I had like one foot out the door, all of 2021, I was uh, teaching every other day. So that was a little bit, you know, challenging. Where am I today? <laughs> but okay. yeah, um, yeah. But this is my first full year out of the classroom. So I've been out of the classroom about seven months. Okay. Well, congrats. Thanks. And now you get to help so many more people in other ways. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. And I think this is a great conversation we're about to have because so many people have these ideas or these like little inklings of what I could maybe do, but creating the actual best offer that's going to work and do something is a little, is a little much, right? Like we don't always know if it's going to work out and that's just part of it. Like the testing, the Uh figuring it out, like that's always part of it. Um, And it's a, it's, yeah, it's just a step that you got to take, but let's try to like build out an offer and help the listeners build out an offer that starts off a little bit stronger than it might without your guidance. Sure. Yeah. So the kind of common mistake, I don't want to start off on a negative note, but the kind of common mistake that I've seen over the last 
year and a half that I've been like really helping with course launches is a lot of times people come to me um, to be to manage their like launch of the course. And they're like, I have this whole course. I recorded it all like now help me get it out into the world. But they skipped like one of the most important steps, which is making sure that people actually want the course, not that their ideas are bad. Just a lot of times the way that they're packaged, people don't necessarily they might want their solution, but maybe they don't even know that they need it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they, the solution is good and the course is good, but they're missing the connection where their audience like doesn't even know that what their course has is something that they even need. Yeah. They don't um, it. Yeah. So that is like, I've had a couple clients have sort of that issue. Um, and then I've had a couple clients come to me, like I've launched this course three times. It's not like nobody's buying it. And I think that's also something to kind of just be real about. Like if you're, yeah, A, it happens and B, what you think is awesome, like might actually be like really, really, really high standards. I mean, generally if your course is converting, if your, if your offer is converting at 2% or better, there's not necessarily anything wrong with it. Like you could improve it, but it's not like a total failure. Sometimes people just need to see things seven to 10 times before they decide that it's something that they want. And sometimes it's, it's the messaging and that you've kind of like skipped the foundation step at the beginning. Totally. So let's talk about some of that, because I think that we want to skip it. I mean, I know I try to skip it sometimes and I yeah. have it in the past because I get really impatient and I'm really like, I just want the thing now, but passing sure. up that whole foundational element in any area, right? Like yeah. what we're talking about, you know, courses and offers today, passing that up is going to make that thing that you were impatient for a bust most mm-hmm. of the time. Like let's, yeah. that's just the truth of it. So what are some of the things that we can do to create the this best offer, making sure our audience actually wants it and that we are creating it for them. Yeah. And that's the problem. I mean, I'm also, I don't know if you know your Enneagram number, but like I'm a, th- you're a two. Yeah. I'm a three wing two. So I also like really want things and a lot of people do, right? Like I have this idea, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to make it and just send an email to my list and everyone will buy it and thank me. (laughs) That's that's the dream, of course. Um, But really you want to spend, I hate to say it, but you want to spend probably one to two months even before you can have your idea. But even before you start making anything, you want to make sure that like, people, like we just said, want your idea. So one of the ways to kind of think about that is segmenting your list a little bit, um, your email list, your audience in general. So we could just say segmenting your audience. Um, Mm -hmm. And I hate to use the term niching down because it's kind of overused, right? I feel like a lot of people say like, oh, you have to niche down. But what you really need to do though is just think about your audience and a lot of times people cast a net too wide. So like, for example, my audience, my ideal client are people who want to launch a course, right? 
But when you really stop to think about it, that's a lot of different people. That could be people who want to launch a course, but don't know what to launch it on. That could be people who already have the course fully created, but they don't know how to launch it. That could be people who have already launched a course, but it went really, really bad, <laughs> badly. So now they need to fix it, right? So the first thing to kind of think about is like with your audience, you have a sort of a general subject, but then if you break it down a little bit farther, you want to think about the goals and the problems that each of those little kind of pockets of your audience, you know, has. So I love the people who might want to launch a course, but they like as an example for me, but they don't know what the idea is because they're kind of the freshest, right? And you can work through. So like the problem is they're indecisive. They don't know what to launch a course on. They don't know what people want. Or for example, people who have launched a course that didn't go like they wanted it to, maybe only one person bought it. They have a very different problem, right? They've done all this work and they put all this time into it. They have like a huge connection to their baby and, and all of that work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so whereas people who don't quite have their course idea developed yet, their goal, right, is to create and launch a course. People who have launched a course and it didn't go well, their goal is probably to fix the course they've already spent 20 hours, you know, working on. So like when you're thinking about for, you know, listeners, when you're thinking about how to appeal to your audience, if your audience is women who want to lose weight or women who want to eat healthier, you should think about like, what are their goals like, why do they want to eat healthier? And what are some of their obstacles? Like women, like, so we're both moms, right? I'm sure everyone who's a mom out here can relate. After you had your baby, you're like, man, I really would like to drop those last 10 pounds. You're still do, same, right? But our problems are different, right? We have less time, hormones, being pregnant, you know, changes your body. So like our obstacles are different than let's say a girl who's, or a woman who's 22 and wants to lose 10 pounds so she can go on spring break, right. And rock that bikini. They have different obstacles to, you know, overcome. So when you think about your audience, you want to really think through how you can segment them a little bit more. Um, and then you want to be able to identify what does each segment have in terms of obstacles or problems and what is the goal of each segment or audience, each segment of your audience. Yeah. Do you, when, then even there, like going a little bit further, there's like really the same offer is there, but Mm -hmm. the messaging that you're going to go out with is going to be different. But do you even recommend like doing those multiple messages out or should it just really be one because here's how I look at like this we a lot of times call it like a signature service Mm -hmm. and you want to keep saying the same message being really consistent with it and and attracting the people that are attracted to that message however if my message is towards moms who want to lose that 10 pounds but they're busy and they can't even keep up with laundry 
Yeah. <laughs> and like that 20 year old that's going on spring break just kind of identifies with me. She could still come into the mix, but I'm not necessarily talking to her all the time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because when you talk to everybody, you end up accidentally talking to nobody, nobody really. Exactly. Um, yeah. Which I mean, I'm sure is a phrase age as old as age as old as time. Yeah. Um, and once you have like everything sort of segmented out and you've sort of started to identify different people's problems um, and obstacles, you can also then start to think about like how, what do they need to overcome their obstacles? Mm -hmm. And that's where like the messaging could be a little bit different. And I mean, we're just using two very broad examples here, right? Like course launching and women who want to lose weight. It's also, I think some course creators struggle with accepting the fact that you can't create necessarily a course that is going to appeal to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, like going back to the mom example, it's hard to get to the gym with a baby. So they might be looking for home workouts, right? Whereas a 22 year old, well, maybe they just want some more accountability, some tougher workouts, ways to, you know, cut down eating late at night, (laughs) you know, things like that. So that's also, I think something hard for course creators. I mean, my, you know, myself too, when I think about anyone who has online offers, right. You think I want to make something that can really help like everybody, but that's not always the best solution. Sometimes you just really need to pick (laughs) which segment you want to work on and just go with that and then get to the rest another time or in another way. Did God send you to me, Melanie? Because I, <laughs> I don't know. So badly right now, like working on some, a project that I'm like, Oh, but I just want to help every woman. Mm-hmm. out there. And you just told me that I have to pick one. <laughs> yeah, you might have to pick one. So sometimes, yes. I mean, sometimes yes. Like other people might identify, but like, I mean, think about it. If you're if you're advertising to women who want to lose weight because they had a baby, a 22 year old scrolling on Instagram, she's not going to identify with someone, you know, holding a baby, trying to and a basket of laundry in the other arm. You know what I mean? So it's really hard because I mean, for me, right, like and this is something I'm also grappling with because it's easier to, you know, tell people about their business than reflect on your own a lot of times. I mean, I'm going to need two different offers or services for people that have a course that has failed versus people who are starting a new course. I can't help them both with the same stuff. I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I know, and I hear it and I teach it and I Mm -hmm. do all the things for other people. But yeah, you know, for me, I'm like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't apply to me. (laughs) I know, I feel that. So after we segment, then do you recommend things like market research or it's okay. I do too. And I'm, so I'm interested to hear this because I'm kind of in this phase right now for what I'm working on and I'm totally taking control over this because as much as I want you to help everyone listening, I'm also, I don't know, always asking the questions that I need, (laughs) which I know help others. So market research, let's talk about that. Like what, how, why, when, all the things. Sure. So what I like the way that you phrase that because that gives me kind of like a structure. So what there's a lot of different ways, right? Um, One of the most simple ways is to if you have an email list, 
you can create a survey and you know send that out to your email list you can share it on on social media i would keep it short like less than 10 questions i would if you've got the budget for it offer either an incentive um, something small or a giveaway, you know, something to kind of, people are busy, right? Something to kind of incentivize them um, to, to fill it out. And it can cover a whole bunch of, you know, different sort of things that you, that you might want to think about, like, what are you struggling with right now about X? I would try and keep it kind of mixed up between, you don't want to give them 10 open-ended questions, right? Yeah. So, because People, I mean, some nice people will do it, but a lot of people aren't going to do it. <laughs> so what is your you know, biggest problem with X? That might be an example of fill in the blank. But then you could include questions like, what have you tried to solve your problem with whatever? Um, and that could be multiple choice, right? Like I've purchased a group program. I've purchased a course. I've done one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then they can just, you know, click it and they don't have to think about, you know, what they've done if you've given them some options, the other thing besides online surveys is if you have something like a free Facebook group or community, I mean, that is the best place really to do market research within there. You can create polls, open-ended you know, questions, posts, um, and see what people comment. One of the biggest mistakes that you you might see, and this is actually where you and I met. I think we were in like a random Facebook group and I was like scrolling and I, and I saw you. So something made me click, um, is people doing market <laughs> is, is people doing market research in other people's groups and yeah. other people's audiences do it in your own audience because you're not, I mean, you might sell to other people's audiences like later, but I mean, posting in like virtual assistant groups, for for example, like if you're a virtual assistant and you're trying to conduct market research in another virtual assistant group, unless your product is for other virtual assistants, don't do it there because it's it's not going to give you you know the answers um, that that you want or that I guess that'll be helpful. It might give you the answers you want, but it won't give you um, the answers that'll like really be helpful. So. When doing market research, yeah, you want to try and make sure that you're kind of on point with those questions that you asked yourself earlier, um, and you're trying to confirm what you think you already know about the segment that you are choosing to focus your offer on. So any questions that you can ask, either open-ended, multiple choice, fill in the blank, that are getting to like their goals, their solutions, their pain points things that what they've tried before. And then this might be a spicy take or a controversial thing to say, but competitor analysis is really, really powerful because I have also run into some people. Um, I don't think any clients that I've helped particularly, but I struggle with this a lot too, right? It's kind of like imposter syndrome. Oh, well, somebody else created this. And they're really successful. So like, uh, there's no way I can do it too. Mm. Well, that's actually the best news ever. If somebody else has created it and they're really successful, that means people, you know, yeah, there's a need and people want it. So not to say like, go out and copy, like you shouldn't do that, but take a look at who else is offering what you're offering 
and you know take a look at their sales page take a look at their profile see if there's anything that that maybe you already have thought of that it doesn't seem like they have or anything that could better like appeal to your audience so it's actually the best news ever if somebody else has already developed an offer that you or an offer very similar to what you want to offer, even though it doesn't feel like the best news ever. It often feels like horrible news. Right. <laughs> it does. But yes. yeah, you're so right. It's, it's, there's so much opportunity in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is, I mean, that's something I've personally been working on this year too. Um, well, I say this year, it's only January, but like <laughs> since leaving the classroom is more like, um, and this I think is something that could also benefit anyone who's putting out an offer, whether or not it's a course creator or, you know, any kind of offer is, you know, your personality might not mesh with somebody else's. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. And there's plenty to go around. Like people might buy from you that would not buy from somebody else just based on their personality. And you can't be all the things to all the people. It just won't work. Yeah. I love yeah. that. So true. While you were talking, I was looking at my market research questionnaire. Uh-huh. Real quick, I just counted the questions. How many do you have? 20. 20. Oh, man, you might need getting responses. So. Okay. Okay. You know? Where, where did you put, where did you, did you send that to your email list or is it on social? So e- email, I have not put it on my social, but I have put it in a couple of Facebook groups, like other okay. people that have my ideal clients, but I have a Facebook group, but like, I'm not really doing anything with it these days. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm going to put it in mine, but I will put it like on my profiles and stuff like that. So sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And you could even pick and choose questions from your market research survey and do like, what's it called? What's the marketing term? I'm just an ex-history teacher trying to think of marketing terms. Um, like a yes ladder, like, like the, um, belief ladder. Yeah. Or, or like, yeah, like I think sometimes it's called a belief ladder if it's going towards like something not tangible. Yes to something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You see people do it on like Instagram stuff all the time. Like, are you struggling with this? Yes or no. And then like the questions go on. So you could even turn like some of those questions from your market research into like Instagram polls um, to kind of get a quick pulse too. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So fun. So, you know, these are some great like foundational things to do. Must do's actually, I think with any offer, you in particular, though, offer course support and have like a course checklist that we can get, right? Yes. So I'm currently in um, a program to also become a course launch strategist. But right now I mainly specialize in launch strategy. So but the the problems, I guess, that we talked about earlier that I've been seeing is people, you know, coming to me with their course done, but they didn't do any of the foundational stuff um, inspired me <laughs> to to find this other certification program and do some more, you know, work on my own to really make clients launches a success because, you know, when they're coming with an offer already done, but they missed the whole beginning part. Yeah. I can only do so much. Um, Yeah. So my course launch checklist is great if 
you have a course um, in mind and it can kind of plan out and walk you through everything that you need to do for the whole launch process. So social media, technology, um, all of the assets that you need, like sales page, registration page, all of that good stuff. It's a complete checklist to make sure you've all your ducks in a row. I love it. And so important. So that's going to be in the show notes. What is like the number one thing if somebody were to have this course idea in their head and like they want to do something with it this year, what would be like that number one first step that you would recommend? The first step that I would probably recommend is <laughs> to start with your market research and make a plan about the market research because I mean, you said it and I agree too, just in my own business, it is, and it can be very overwhelming. Um, so give yourself like an actual timeline and actual stuff to do. It's really, now I'm getting an idea for like another freebie, right? <laughs> it's, it's really easy to just say like, oh yeah, I'll do market research this month, but like actually sit down and plan it out. Like you're going to send an email to your list this day. You're going to invite and this is something we didn't talk about, but if you can really narrow down who you want this offer to go to, see if you can get two to three people on a 15 minute Zoom call with you, ask for their permission, record it, and then fast forward two months, use their language on the sales page when you go to write it, because there's nothing more powerful than your ideal client feeling like, oh my gosh, they're in my head. Yes. Because like you actually work. Like the video or uh, even just phone calls. It's not just video, but like the phrases that they use. I feel like when they're writing it out, they have time to like think about it and word it a certain way and kind of sound like, well, I'm not too, I'm not struggling too bad. Just, you know, a little here. Like they kind of, I don't know, sugarcoat things a little bit. But when you're on a call, they just have to answer. They just have Mm -hmm. to on their mind and on their heart in the moment. And it's going to be so much real, so much truer to what they're actually feeling. So yeah, I love that you said that. And I like that you also said we only need a couple of really ideal people to do that. We don't have to spend our whole day on 15 minute calls. That's training. (laughs) Yes, it is. I mean, I would just, yeah. So I say like, oh, do market research, but like actually really sit down and make a plan for market research. So what questions am I going to ask? Actually look at your uh, your audience and think like, what different parts can I break them into? What am I going to do with that information? Um, and, you know, take some time and actually ask questions. And if you already have an offer that is working for you, send out an email or a survey or post in the Facebook group if you have one, to people who are already in a program that worked for you. Because market research, like it should be done, easier said than done, right? But it should be done every time you launch a new service or offer. So if you have people that already trust you and have purchased from you before, like ask them why, like, why me? Why did you choose to buy from me? Because what they're going to say is going to speak volumes as to what you can do and how you can word your other offer. So good. Or even the same offer, right? Sure. Yeah. Or even the same offer for a subsequent launch. Yeah. If you have had a successful, you know, course launch in the past, ask those people why the heck they bought from you. (laughs) So good. This has been so helpful. 
Where do you, um, besides your website, which again is in the show notes, where do we get to find you online? So I mostly hang out on Instagram um, over at Duxbury Digital. You can view my website, of course. And I'm around on Facebook, but Instagram's really where I am the most. We're so the same. Yep. <laughs> I get like phases of Facebook fun happening, like where I want to post a little more regularly, let them know what I've got going on. And it's fun because like I get a lot of engagement over there, but then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Bye. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> All done with Facebook for today. <laughs> My daughter asked me this morning. Um, mom, do you have Facebook? And I'm like, yeah. She kind of giggled at me. I'm like, you guys are so annoying. These <laughs> like we're ancient on Facebook. So I told her, do you have a be real? Ugh, I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have college email addresses to get Facebook. <laughs> right? Well, I didn't get on Facebook for a long time, even when it was a thing. Like, I don't yeah. think I ever had a MySpace. As I'm always like the last one on board with things. I just, not I'll watch a movie a year later. Like I'm just not into current trends as much usually. So just interesting, but I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make like sure it. it's going to stick. All right. Like make sure people really like it before you yeah. get on board. <laughs> I don't have time to go figure stuff out all the time. <laughs> oh, fun. All right, Melanie. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was so helpful. Um, again, I get a little bit, what is the word? I keep trying to think of this word. I get selfish when I have guests on, getting my questions answered, but I know that it's always so helpful for the audience to hear as well. Uh, If you had a takeaway from today, I'd love to hear it on Facebook. I'm sorry, not on Facebook, on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know that you listened or reach out to Melanie, let her know you listened and what you loved about it. And we will see you next time.